Hey, hello lovers. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caitlin. This is Love and a Romance Podcast. And this is a Feel the Love Friday episode. Happy Friday to all the lovers everywhere. This week we are doing an honest romance movie review for the end of summer. So you can get some good ones in there and we'll also tell you which ones to skip. (laughs) (laughs) Or that one of us thinks you should skip and the other person says maybe not. Uh, Because they've read it or watched it several times already? No, have not. Okay. Okay, so yeah, welcome to Feel the Love Friday. Before we get into the movies, let's talk about what we read this week. Yeah, okay, so I, okay, I read this book like two weeks ago actually, but it was a week where I was DNFing, did not finish, like every book, and I just was getting frustrated. I was not finding anything that I really could sink my teeth into, and so (laughs) I ended up again on reddit the romance books thread coming across this book that's recommended often and just i just said fuck it i'm gonna try it and i thought it was really good (laughs) just tell us what the book is it's called morning glory milking farm Mm -hmm. and the the premise is wait wait (laughs) by cm nascosta it is part of her cambric creek series the first book this is a male female paranormal romance It is a monster romance. It is my first monster romance. And it is about Violet, who is a human, and Rourke, who is a minotaur. Violet needs money. (laughs) And so she finds herself employed at the Morning Glory Milking Farm, which is not quite a farm, but I'll say a facility where minotaurs visit of their own volition to get money and donate their cum. (laughs) (laughs) And how that is taken from them is they are... (laughs) Caitlin's giving me eyes. Just waiting for the punchline. They're waiting for the shooter. They are milked through handjobs. There's also like a suction machine. Oh, is that because they don't have hands? So they can't do no, it they have hands. I don't actually. Yeah, why can't really they do it themselves? Questions. Like I, a sperm bank. I feel like maybe they address that, and I'm not sure why. Okay. So they live in a universe where monsters are pretty common, but I think it's kind of implied that there still is some separation between human and monsters. So it's minotaurs are not the only creatures you see. You see other types of creatures, and Violet is now in the part of town that is like mostly monsters. There's also something going on in society where minotaur sperm is like highly sought after. I think because it's like got a medicinal use that I think it helps with like kind of like Viagra for humans or something like that. Like it is required for that or is like highly valued for that. And minotaurs know this. And so it's like very common practice in their micro society to come and donate. And it's a pretty high paying job, obviously. It's very clinical, like there is a special room, the minotaur like is on a platform above and sticks his member through a certain area. Glory hole, okay. Yep. (laughs) The um, clinician, clinician, or uh, Violet in this case, helps extract the semen. The giver of happy endings. Yes. There is also like a pump involved to like make sure it gets all out and it goes into essentially what is like a glass bottle and it's quite a lot of it (laughs) i think uh there are several mentions of 24 ounces (laughs) okay so 
I kind of knew, well, I didn't know all these specifics, but I had the general sense of this book just from people talking about it online. I mean, it's called Morning Glory Milking Farm. The, the cover image is like an outline silhouette of a minotaur's head with like the, yeah. with, and then there's like a bottle that looks like milk, but yeah, it's obviously I have, semen. I have heard of this book a lot. <laughs> yeah. I just have never thought to myself, you know, <laughs> I want to read that. So I'm fascinated that you did, and I'm keeping an open mind, but I'm also making a lot of faces right now. Yeah. Look, I didn't, this book didn't inspire me to like, like I didn't find a secret kink that I didn't know I had, but also like this actually ended up being a really sweet romance. You sound like me. Yeah, I know. With, yes, there is like the whole hand job scenario every time he comes to make a donation, but they have conversations and they start to become friends and then they develop this romance that is really sweet and pure and actually does not involve physical intimacy for a long time can i ask a question yeah if it's if the scenario is very clinical and she's they're not even like face to face how does their relationship even get started they so i think there's always if i recall there's always like some kind of talk between the clinician and the person making the donation like there's like, even it's like hey how are you she's actually wearing a mask the whole time so i don't think he even sees her face until they run into each other in a coffee shop outside oh she's like oh i remember that dick but they <laughs> well i think i think what's interesting is like his donation is the first one she does on her own she has to follow someone for like two weeks when she starts because there's like you have to make sure that you're not gonna spill it or anything like it's like they want to make sure they get all of the ounces they need and so they have you have to work the equipment correctly to make sure you capture it all whatever equipment the equipment all all kinds of equipment and uh i like that we're just giggling today (laughs) just like haha minotaur dicks (laughs) but we are very adult professional but they but she finds herself this is the first part the first person the first uh minotaur that she actually does by herself with like the other person there watching her and like being like okay yeah you're doing a really good job and you're working the equipment appropriately and she finds herself super turned on but she actually doesn't get turned on doing it to anyone else like it's very clinical for her <laughs> and so she starts to just have conversations with him like over the course of while she's milking him yeah or before like while they're setting up everything up yeah, well, before this, because he's, but he obviously is really enjoying himself, and he also keeps coming back and requests her, like requesting her, which can, which is a thing that's allowed, like they can request someone specific. And then they end up meeting in a coffee shop, and they obviously have an attraction to each other, and they so they start to build this relationship outside of that clinical environment. That's very sweet. There's actually no third act conflict in this book, which. It, you know, it's just like this very sweet development of romance. He is really kind to her and takes her on dates and stuff. Like it's a very beautiful romance, but just with this like very interesting, like erotic component. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of Bass Ackwards, which is a romance that is premised on sex as like a transaction. Mm-hmm. And it starts very physical it's a sexual fast burn, but it's an emotional slow burn. They, like, have a very sweet development of a relationship. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, there was, it was high heat, but it actually wasn't as much physical intimacy intimacy as I thought. Like, I thought this was going to be straight-up erotica. Yeah. And I was just so completely bored and, like, DNF'd everything that I was like, whatever, I'll just I'll see. Honestly, some of my best, my favorite reasons. I know, or ones that yeah. you didn't. I will say that the reason I don't necessarily come back to this book is because 
I like emotional conflict and angst and like drama. And so this was actually too sweet for me. Like the amount of sex was fine, but it was just a little too sweet. So it, it was very good. And I like, I recommend it. It just was too sweet for my personal taste. Like I tend to not read super wow. sweet romance, but I love that we're so different in our ways. <laughs> That you love super sweet romance? Yeah. I mean, I I mean, do... I like the angsty stuff too, but I, I mean, you know how many times I've gushed about a really sweet romance. Yeah, I guess I don't, I don't need, I can't do high angst in every single book I read. Like, I need an emotional break, but I, I always like there to be like a little bit of a drama, even in a lighthearted romance, and this really had none, which is fine. Like, if you're in the mood for like something that is kind of off brand and kinky and, but actually really sweet and just as like a sweet dating relationship read this one yeah i love it i also learned that i'm not really into monster romance mostly because i just couldn't like wrap my head around like not the anatomy part of like the lower anatomy but like his face i was like how do you kiss a minotaur i don't understand oh i was thinking centaur no yeah that's different that's way different he does not have the body of a horse no his head is a minotaur and then he has like a male-shaped body, but it's covered in, like, fur. Oh. But it's, like, male-formed. That's like, not he, he all wears... what I was picturing. Okay, yeah. It's very different. Got it. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Sometimes so... when I read books like that, I just pretend that they look like something else. Yeah, that's what I tried to it's do. like, every time there's a blonde hero, I just pretend he's brunette. <laughs> yeah. <he does> every <laughs> right, time there. I'm like, oh, he has straight bleach blonde hair. He has curly dark hair. <laughs> that's not what he has. I'm like, you're a dirty blonde. <laughs> Every time yeah. I read a blonde heroine, I'm like, no, it's like light brown. Yeah. Summer highlights. Yeah. From being outdoors. <laughs> you want to talk about your book? After, uh, yeah. After I started with that amazing intro of something super unique, you yeah, can we really, follow it up. We really went off, started with the bang. Yeah. Um, well, I will not go in as deeply to this one, but this is, uh, I read Fake Empire by C.W. Farnsworth, and this is a billionaire arranged marriage, which I had never read before. Why does a billionaire need to have an arranged marriage? Because they are the most like wealthy families in the United States. And so marrying anybody else would be marrying down effectively. Is this something so that they, their parents are pushing? So their parents wanted it, but you come to learn that both of them also have like chosen this. And they don't, they don't know each other. Like They grew up in the same circles, but they kind of avoid each other because they know they're going to end up being married. And they just sort of don't run together. And then their parents end up like drafting the prenup and are like, okay, you're getting married in six weeks and you gotta, you know, you're gonna move in together and like, this is it. So Scarlet and Crew are the main characters and they, yeah, it's really, it was actually really cute. I will say the emo- the like banter back and forth is really good. They do a lot of wordplay. <laughs> I was uh, messaging one of the senior associates at my firm about something and I, because the narrator's voice in from this book was in my head he like said something and i like bit back at him immediately because i was just you've been reading too much of this book yeah right i was in the vibe and he was like damn save it for opposing counsel and i had to be like (laughs) i'm really sorry i'm reading a book where they're like i was like literally was like i'm really sorry the book i'm reading is rubbing off on me and And then we had to have a really awkward conversation the next day where i was like he was like what were you reading and i was like oh i have a romance podcast See, you are very open about telling people we have a romance podcast. Well, I just I... don't want to, like, lie or... Yes, but for me, it never comes up. 
Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you make it's it come, come up way too often recently. But then his sister reads romance novels and she might want to be on the podcast. So like it okay. turned out okay in the end. Okay. We do need more guests. If you would like to be a guest on our podcast, please reach out at yeah. hello at lovenpodcast.com. <laughs> so okay. an advertising break. Anyway, really cute book, Surprise Pregnancy, which I never read the warnings for books, so I didn't know. And I don't know how I felt about it. It's not my favorite trope, but I, I did like the way it was done in this book. So these are quite the range from monster. <sighs> I know. Well, what's the other one you were talking come about? Come milking to billionaire range marriage. <laughs> there's Follow- anytime there's come milking, <laughs> there's a range. So following up to make this even a more varied uh, discussion, I also read Every Summer After by Carly Fortune. This was her debut novel. It's a male female contemporary romance. She fucking knocked it out of the park. Hmm. I had a major book hangover after this book and I haven't had a book hangover in a while. I think the last real book hangover I had was after reading the Ravenhood series by Kate Stewart. Hmm. Like that at days for like a week after that I was like destroyed. This book left a huge gaping hole in my heart and in my <laughs> brain after I finished it. It is it is my perfect setup. A childhood friends to enemies to lovers second chance romance. It takes place at a summer home on a lake in Canada. Persephone or Percy is the heroine and Will is the hero. It's cute name. Percy's family buys this summer home. And when she's like, I think she's like 12 or something, she starts to go and she makes friends with the next door neighbor, Will. They start to become BFFs and they see each other every summer. Their relationship starts as friends. They clearly have feelings for each other, but there is a lot of back and forth. And should, should we, shouldn't we? I mean, a lot of what you see in especially childhood friends to lovers is like, do we want to risk the friendship for the romance? Yep. And that becomes a huge, a huge barrier to oftentimes like actually starting a relationship or like continuing one if it accidentally starts, right? Or Mm -hmm. it starts in like the heat of passion. It was very angsty. Something happens after like think when they're like 18 so they've known each other for like six years or something and then they go radio silent on each other for 12 years Whoa! and she comes back the the time in the present so it flips between past and present it's only her perspective and when she comes back it that those events only take place over a weekend in the present but you are taken back to every summer she's been there and that takes like each each time you go back is like a, a whole summer so you get a lot more of a timeline it was very good it was steamy there are some trigger warnings that I don't want to discuss now, but like you should read it, like a relationship-based trigger warnings if you're interested and you have some barriers to things that you think can and cannot happen between a hero and a heroine. Just mm-hmm. go read those first. But fuck, I just, I really loved it. And I, I, it's one of those books where I wish I could read again for the first time. Hmm. And there's a, there's a short list of books that I feel like I want to do that with. No, I want to read this. I, I have a hard copy, so I'll give it to you. Excellent. Yeah, this is one where I was like, I'm going to buy the hard copy, the paperback, and love on it. Awesome. Well, I feel like we had a really good uh, list We of had the whole universe of romance yeah. <laughs> in this yeah. discussion. Um, what about what's coming out next week? Yeah, so next week, I just flagged one for myself. And it's, I have one, too. Okay, good. So on August 16th, a book coming is coming out called Love in the Time of Serial Killers by Alicia Thompson. It's a romantic suspense and it's a rom-com. I've never read anything by her before. The title is what caught me, especially because our very first episode of Love and was Love and Serial Killers. 
this is, like I said, a rom-com, so not going to be, I, I don't expect like high drama, but the setup is that there's a PhD, PhD student heroine who I think is studying serial killers, and she has a possible serial killer neighbor who also happens to be like very hot, and she obviously develops a relationship with, and there's a romantic suspense. What? Like, it's, I think it's probably going to be the whole, like, am I involved with the serial killer or not? That sounds not super sure. fun. It sounds super fun. I really love that it's a rom-com. I mean, you could obviously make a very serious book on that premise. But I'm hoping it will remind me of The Dead Guy Next Door by Riley Thorne, <sighs> which is just so book. fucking fun. And, yeah. like, the side characters in that one are great. and like so entertaining. Yeah, that is a fun rom-com romantic suspense as well. So I'm, I'm super stoked for this one. What about you? I was going to mention Serve by C.W. Farnsworth. This is the author of Fake Empire, and they have a new book. It's a president's daughter slash secret service <gasps> member. Yeah. I love bodyguard trope. Yeah. We should this, do a whole episode on the bodyguard trope. We should. These both come out on August 16th, so look out for those. President's daughter. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait. I'm just... Wow, sorry. I like what... Done. I was not <laughs> expecting this reaction. I went through a whole period a couple months ago where I was like, I need to read every bodyguard romance. Have you read Valor? No. Oh, you gotta read Valor. But I, in conjunction with that, I was also reading like Prison Planet stuff because that has like a guardianship element mm-hmm. of it. So mm-hmm. that's when I read Hold by Claire Kent. Mm-hmm. I love a good bodyguard romance. Okay. Wow. You just... You just made my week because I have nothing really on my TBR that's like Well, you should also me. read Valor by Kira Andrews, who we've talked about before. Oh. That is an M.M. And he's the president's son. Ooh. And then his older bodyguard, who he's like 10 years older or something. Oh my god. Yeah, it's really stupid. I feel like this is like when I found out you were like really into the male virgin trope. <laughs> oh, were you? Yeah. Yeah. This, I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't expect this Love the bodyguard. I had no idea. Okay, we'll read that. Okay. On to the, I was going to say on to like the main show, but I feel like this intro has been like way more interesting than some of our episodes because we've spent most of it talking about minotaur semen yeah Mm. (laughs) hard to not be interesting so we don't have we've got a couple movies for you guys some that we like some that we didn't like yeah well we just we always talk about books here and i'm not much of a tv watcher anymore because i like books so much it's just always it's also just i think books do it better always yes unless sometimes you can have a series that does it really well but I will say I think normal people, both the book and the TV show, are excellent. oh excellent, yeah, yeah. But the acting is also excellent. oh god, so good. Connell's chain. <laughs> if you don't, if you're not following Connell's chain on Instagram, this is like years old at this point. <laughs> really, gotta go. It's like very outdated. But I think like, that's one of the first accounts we followed on our yeah, Instagram. Yeah, was that and Sebastian Stan. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, what's the first one you're gonna talk about? Okay, this is a, like I said, we don't watch a lot of movies. I happened to watch two things recently. Purple Hearts came out on Netflix, I want to say early August. It is an enemies to lovers, marriage of convenience, military romance. I actually found out that this was based on a book, but for some reason, when I was, like, I watched it and then I, I Googled it, for some reason, it didn't come up right away of, like, this movie is based on this book. Like, where I feel like Jenny Han, who I'm going to talk about, who did all, all the boys mm. I love before, it's, like, very, like, it's in every news article, like, this is the movie, and it's based on Jenny Han's books. So this is based on a book. I can't remember the name of the book. I'm not going to talk about it. This book has been getting a lot of flack on social, and... For good reason. <laughs> <laughs> Years ago, I think you told me to watch The Kissing Booth. Did you tell me to watch The Kissing Booth? I don't know. Okay, the first Kissing Booth on Netflix. 
which is also based on a book. It's a fine movie, but like the actual editing, it, all the non-acting pieces of the movie were shit. Like, sorry, that movie <laughs> was so, like the editing was awful. I like had trouble watching it. The second one was like way better from that perspective. I mean, they're all crap. Yes. But very entertaining crap. But who's the guy in The Kissing Booth? Oh, the guy from Euphoria. Fuck, I forget his name. He's so hot. Jacob Elordi? Yeah, yeah. he's probably like 22. <laughs> Whatever. Um, he's super tall. Yes. Yeah, Jacob Elordi. Okay, so Purple Hearts is actually good from an editing perspective, which kind of, after watching like Kissing Booth and some other ones, it's kind of like my first, like it just, it has to be well edited. The first test. The first test. Okay. It is about a woman, I don't remember their names. I don't either. Okay. A woman <laughs> who is a songwriter. She is not well off at all. She kind of, I mean, she There's has a like, lot of medical debt. A lot of medical debt. She has diabetes. So she's always having to test for her blood sugar and take insulin. And she doesn't have insurance and she can't afford her new insulin. Like it's literally yeah, a life she's or only, death. She's only been diagnosed six months ago. Yeah. And, and it's a life or death I actually situation. looked it up because I was wondering like, do people, is it like only when your blood sugar gets really low or is it like an emergency thing or is it an everyday thing? Apparently people with type 1 diabetes actually have to take insulin every day, sometimes several times a day. Yes. So, so this is funny because the other day I was recommending that you read Ashley Jade's Complicated Hearts Duet. Yes. You did which is great and, and excellent. We could also plug for this episode. But that also has a hero in it. One of the guys, that's an MMF, a male, male, female, love triangle romance, has diabetes. And oh, so really? coincidentally, I was, uh, between this movie and that, like I'd never read another book with diabetes and I was also Googling it to learn a little bit more about it. Interesting. That was really cute though, because like the girl and the other guy take care of him. And it's Aww. like, it's very sweet. Yeah. They're looking after him. Okay. Back to this movie that Caitlin hates. So <laughs> she has diabetes. She cannot afford her medicine that will, it's literally a life or death situation. Yeah. He is about to be shipped off in the military he joined the military recently he apparently had some problems in high school where it sounds like he was maybe into drugs he was kind of a fuck up but his whole family has had military service and so he ended up joining he's probably in his 20s or something and he's about to be shipped off to iraq i think right yes yeah so the way these two characters meet is she is friends with another guy who's about to be shipped off to iraq someone that she actually babysat when she was younger. So they're just like close family friends. She has this idea after she overhears that military spouses get benefits. She has this idea to marry her friend and therefore like just have like a secret marriage and get his medical medical benefits and medical insurance. The friend is really sympathetic to her and he's like, I really wish I could help you out, but I can't. Also, I actually have a girlfriend who I love and now we're dating again. And like, and so she's the main female character. It's like, okay, I understand. But she's, she's heartbroken because what the fuck is she going to do? Yeah. And the hero overhears this. He gets really mad at her. They don't really know each other. They met in a bar and he was really rude to her, but they have this mutual friend, you know, who's this other guy that's in the military that she knows. And he just happens to be around and he's like, you can't do that. That'll be fraud. And he, they just, they have, they hate each other right away. Like she is clearly like very liberal and speaks her mind. And he is kind of, kind of an asshole. And he has a bunch of asshole friends too. And they don't get along right away. I can't remember why. Oh, he ends up having some debt that he needs to take care of from his old past, from yeah. like being a, a drug addict. And 
to get the money, he finds he actually finds out that if you get married in the military, you get a, a stipend or something like that. Yeah. And so the two of them actually do come to a, an arrangement. He obviously gets over his whole, this is fraud, he can't do it. And they agree to get married right before he ships out to Iraq, even though they really dislike each other. Is that as far as you got? Pretty much. I mean, I think the general idea is that they then have to make it look real, right? And they so have to they make it look talk real. And they write letters and whatever. Can I just say, though, that this is, like, such a uniquely fucking American film that yeah. she can't afford a life-saving medication that oh, she needs yeah. to take every day because she doesn't have insurance, and he is in the military. And she's from, like, an immigrant family. Yes. I mean, it is, like, so depressingly American in its, like, in all, where all the conflicts arise from. And yes. he's got a drug issue. And he's got a drug like issue. A drug and epidemic in the United States. I mean, they, it's just like there's other ugh. guys in his troop or whatever who are like toxic alpha male, oh, yeah. asshole, super racist. racist. Yeah. Like it's. I mean, you had a lot of problems. I've, with I had. It. It, I found it really hard to watch. I think it's very, it's very angsty. That's why I liked it probably, and it was just entertaining. But yeah, it's very overdone in some parts and a little almost a little too tropey. Mm-hmm. But he ends up getting injured, and so he has to come back from the military, and she has to end up taking care of him because they have to live together. So that they think their whole relationship is going to be spent apart with him abroad, and then they have this forced proximity, and that's kind of like where the crux of the movie takes place in, which is kind of like dealing with that. Yeah. So. So, to watch or not to watch, Kristen? I mean, I vote yes. I vote no. But you know what? You could watch the first 25% like I did and then make a choice. Decide for yourself. Yes, and this is on Netflix, by the way. Yeah. Why don't you talk about one next? Okay, I watched this sort of recently. It's called Along for the Ride. And it's I think it's also based on a book. What network or stream? It's on Netflix, too. Yeah. Okay. So in this one, you've got a heroine who's just graduated from high school, I think. She's about to go off to college. And she ends up spending the summer with her dad. Her parents are divorced. So she goes to stay with her dad and his new wife, who's just had a baby. And she meets this guy who's kind of the recluse in the like beach town social circle and he doesn't really talk to anybody or like hang out with anybody but he hangs starts hanging out with her and they start having these like nighttime adventures she's like very socially awkward like she always says the wrong thing to the point where i didn't find her a sympathetic <laughs> hero heroine and i was like i just don't think i like you um and he has a lot of like trauma that, that he's dealing with with like the death of his friend so it's like very young adult like very if i was like 18 i'd probably be totally into this movie but did you, you know, watch the whole thing i did watch the whole thing you know there's some movies that are young adult like all the boys i loved before that i just fucking love and i think they're great at like a on an objective level this was not one of those <laughs> but so, yet you watched this whole one i did watch the whole i mean it wasn't fucking cringy okay so and the acting was decent also you know who's in it is um the guy who, okay so kate bosworth plays the step stepmom whoa i know she looks amazing yeah i yeah. feel like when i say recent i mean within the last year i probably watched what's the movie she's famous for blue crush blue crush I love that movie. yeah and that movie holds up does like, it? Because I've been wanting to see it again. Yeah, I feel like I watched it within last year, and it held up, and she's so fucking good in that movie. It's yeah, such fun she's movie. amazing. But the dad is played by Dermot Mulroney. Oh, 
which is he's in um he's in american horror story he's in my best friend's wedding but yeah yeah no not in, american horror story i'm thinking of someone else yes he is in my best friend's wedding yes yeah, i know he's in wow stuff. yeah he, he plays the dad he looks great he always looks great yeah I and mean, he's older but he looks great he's got, does he have like a salt and pepper i thing would age on? gap with him yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i want to make that a new hashtag i would age gap with him <laughs> that's great uh yeah cool so i it, you know it's cute if he wants something on the background like i put okay. that on there yeah Okay. Well, gonna, by the way, we're saving the best for last. So, like, I know we've told you two, two movies. Well, the next one right I'm, I really, watch, I really recommend, and I, a lot okay. of people have too. So, okay, okay, you haven't good. watched it yet, though, right? No, I haven't. Okay. Yet. So, as Kayla mentioned, we love Jenny Han's All the Boys We Loved Before. Ugh, so we haven't read the books because they're like, like pure YA, but the movie's great. I watched all three, but I, I don't, the second and third, I mean, they're fine. And just think, like, from a plot perspective, the first one is the best one. It's just pure quality entertainment yeah yeah and, and it's well done the soundtrack is awesome yeah the fashion is cool like it's just the whole thing also i mean the dad is from sex in the city oh yeah and i love him aiden aiden from sex in the city is the dad and we're here for it yeah so and he's a gynecologist like, also okay recently just, just read just watch all the boys i've loved before wait <laughs> so many of the men that we have talked about and like now he's the dad, and you know, <laughs> instead of like this person from the years ago. And you know what? I am more into it than I was. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, really? yeah, because then they're like in their 40s and 50s. I mean, I've always liked older men, but I'm like, okay, yeah, you're even better than you were. Interesting. Great. Okay. It's great. Okay. So, <laughs> I feel like this, we're learning a lot about each other today. We, that's what we do on this podcast. Yeah. The Summer I Turned Pretty is another series by Jenny Han. I, again, haven't read the book. This one it did come out as a show series so it's not a movie it is i think like eight episodes and the whole the first season i think is just the first book hmm. and i love when i feel like this is so much better i mean particularly for a series but for any book this is why i love reading books versus watching tv there's just you get so much more out of books and so when you turn a book into a series with multiple episodes yeah. it's just gonna be better yeah so this is a childhood friends to lovers love triangle with two brothers similar setup to every summer after where the characters just get together at the beach every summer and so they've just seen they just see each other every summer and so as they grow like every time you come back like do you remember coming back to school after like your freshman or sophomore year of high school and like whoa this person is crazy different after three months they have boobs or something like that like we i don't remember particularly noticing well no but i'm just saying like people change like very rapidly as they're teenagers and even a few months apart or even nine months apart in these kids cases like a lot changes yeah so now when they're coming back she is suddenly i don't know she's 15 or 16 and has grown out of her awkward duckling stage and it's funny i was not out of my awkward duckling stage at 16 but good for her you're not in a movie yeah so she is has always been kind of bffs with one of the brothers and he's the more charismatic kind of flirty one and like just really like all american good boy she has always had a crush on the older brother i think he's 18 now he's a little bit more brooding i mean this is very this is very familiar it is very kissing booth but it also just like happens in a lot of books and now that she is like not an awkward duckling they both kind of notice her a little bit more but this is a slow burn there's a lot of family drama that goes on that i hope it's a slow burn she's 16 yes but i'm saying just over the season it really is like there's so much more involved there's a lot involved between 
the two moms who, who mm-hmm. the dads aren't there. It's just the moms. Uh, but it's really it's really good. I think that what's interesting is that one of the so the BFF brother like that she's really close with he's actually a bisexual character and I read that that was not in the books and it was a change specifically for the movie and it's been really well received and I really like how it was done because it's not done as a big deal it's Mm -hmm. just like you date guys you date girls and it's just I really like to see that in movies where it's just like this is just people being themselves and it's not even people don't make a big deal of it like the characters don't make a big deal out of it yeah but it's really fun it's like a good summer romance and there'll be another season it ends on a cliffhanger and there's a little bit of drama between the brothers and also like a who should she pick kind of situation yeah it's also sad so warning to you no you should watch it um along those lines there's another series on netflix called heartstopper i don't know if you've seen any of it Mm -mm. it's a male male like british high schoolers Mm. and it's sort of done in like it's live action, but there's sort of comic book elements thrown into it because I think it's based on a graphic novel about these this like young adult romance. It's really cute. I haven't finished it. Is yet. that a series? Yeah, it's a series on Netflix. There's so much hidden stuff on Netflix. I, I don't know. even know you about. You gotta check that one out. I've watched the first couple episodes and it's so freaking cute. Yeah, the, the boys are like, oh, they're so yeah. sweet. Yeah. Anyway, so next. Okay, this is not a new film, and it's also not on Netflix. It's on HBO Max, and I think it only just came to HGMX, which is why I finally watched it, but it's called Warm Bodies. Had you heard of it before? Have you seen this? No, I haven't seen it. You told me about it the other day, and it sounds amazing, but I okay. hadn't even heard of it. I think I had heard of it, or I'd seen the, the poster at some point, but I'd never watched it, obviously. This is a zombie rom-com, and the premise is that the main, the hero, R, he doesn't remember his real name, so he just knows it starts with an R. He's a zombie, and then he falls in love with a human woman, and because he's falling in love with her, like his heart starts to beat and he sort of starts regaining his humanity. And then because he's in love with her and starting to humanize, all these other zombies that witness this also start to regain their humanity. And so it's like a redemption of the zombies. There's a conflict between this girl and her people who are in this walled section of a city they're like the only survivors in the world of the zombie apocalypse and then these zombies who are prowling around outside who will try to eat them if they get close and then the common enemy ultimately are these they call them bonies (laughs) and they're like zombies who have given up basically and have like their flesh has come off and they're basically skeletons and they can like run and they'll just eat anything with a heartbeat so then they start coming after the zombies who are regaining their humanity too so it is a very ridiculous film there are a lot of like illogical things in it where you just have to suspend belief <laughs> like even like like they walk back to the comp he lives in an airport they walk back to like the airport and then somehow they have to take like a car in multiple days to get back to where she was it's just like where did you had... somebody didn't think about the continuity but it's extremely adorable it's very funny josh really liked it too i would highly recommend it again i don't know when it came out i think it's an older film it's Mm. been a couple years at least but um it was really cute i'm i really want to watch this after you talked about yeah it's very entertaining okay the last movie that we wholeheartedly recommend without came out a reservation but and we watched Mm, beginning of the summer march okay well it came out on streaming or like vdr rents yeah Yeah. beginning of the summer yeah as you might imagine it is the lost city with the one and only sandra bullock and the one and only channing tatum and a little bit of brad pitt thrown in on the side the weatherman 
or his dad was a weatherman yeah this movie's so good this is so good so we have talked we talked a little bit about this movie before it came out because we we're interested in it and i also referenced romancing the stone which i don't think you still have not seen no with kathleen turner and michael douglas i think it's from the early 90s but it's a similar type setup in that it is an adventure romance taking place in the jungle and the heroine is a romance author in this case sandra bulks is a romance author she's kind of like fresh out of ideas channing tatum is her cover model and he like puts on this blonde wig he's very fabio like and he has like meet and greets with her where he's getting like uh, he's signing autographs and things he's also kind of um this term i've been seeing before used on reddit lately lately is himbo have you seen this i've seen that term but i don't know what it means well it's a male bimbo which oh, that, that, I feel so old. Which is yeah, me too. But that is Channing Tatum in this book. Yeah, like he's very him. sweet, but he is like he's like a beautiful dumb guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he loves her. Yeah, and Daniel Radcliffe plays the the villain. Yes, which is funny. So she gets kidnapped because she has like incorporated some of her. I feel like she has a. She's a she's a widow. She's a widow. Yeah. So her deceased husband like was actually like a. Archaeologist, archaeologist or research researcher and so she actually incorporates some of his real life maps and things like that and stories about this lost city and i think the amazon into her books it's just part of like the plot and this villain thinks she knows where a certain treasure is hidden and so she gets kidnapped and our our sweet sweet dum 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 Channing Tatum goes after her. Yes. With the help the f- of Brad Pitt. I think the first scene they filmed for this movie was Channing Tatum, like, naked with leeches on his butt. <laughs> I think that was the first scene that they... Also, did you know that they're friends in real life? I wouldn't be surprised. Their kids go to the same, like, what? preschool, and they got, like... Their kids were, like, buttonheads, and so they got called into the principal's office, like, Sandra and Channing. And they're, like, besties. They're so fucking cute. If you look at... You gotta go look at interviews of Sandra and Channing on talk shows. They're so adorable together. I... <sighs> I just, I love her, and I love him, yeah. and it just... It just brings me so much joy. Yeah, they seem like good people in yeah. real life. But this movie is like, it's got everything. It's just like... It was really fun. I mean, it's you just, do have to suspend reality a little bit of more. Of course. Sandra yeah. has so many great movies, and this is a little bit different. I think a little bit more fantastical than some of her other ones, but yeah, it's, it's just, just so super entertaining. Fun. The writing is good. It's, the story is it's good. It's really funny. There were so many moments we were actually laughing out loud. Yeah, we actually had a girls' night and watched this with some friends, and it was just... A delight. It was a delight. It was a delight. Ending on the highest note. Mm. Yeah. Well, that was our short movie review for the summer. Yeah. I feel like we actually talked about it a lot. Listen, so there is so much hidden in streaming, whether it's Hulu or Prime or Netflix or HBO or some other platform. If there is something that you have loved lately, please tell us. Please tell us because I will put down my book for a good romantic show. Yes. Sometimes for action too, but mostly romance. Yes. You can email us at hello at loveandpodcast.com. You can find us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at love and underscore podcast. And that's it for us today. Yes. I do want to say The Lost City is a road trip, and next week we'll be publishing our road trip romance thematic episode. Ooh. So get excited for that. Watch some Lost City. Yeah. Get ready. Bye, lovers. Go love yourselves. Oh, Sydney. I made-